So we'll start. Let us close our eyes. Let us bring our attention to the top of the head. Remembering the truth is omnipresent, all pervading, fundamental principle. That supreme reality, truth, God, divine, is manifesting in the form of master. guiding us to that eternal principle. Omnipresent divine, present all around, present within, present in the breath. Formless Guru, again with the form, with the name. Let us remember the lineage of Master. Om Sadashiva Samarambham, Shama Charana Madhyamam, Asmadacharya Pariyantam, Bande Guru Paramparam. Sruti Smruti Purananam Alayam Karunalayam Namami Bhagavat Padam Shamkaram Loka Shamkaram Isvaro Gururat Maiti Murti Veda Vibhagine Bhumabat Vyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtai Namaha We bow down the supreme reality who is descending in the form of masters through our lineage of master in the middle is Lahiri Mahashay till Sri Guruji Paramahansa Pragyananji Maharaj we bow again and again to God within Self within and the master within, guru within. Om Tatsatom. I bow to you all, wherever you are. Hopefully, you are all safe with good health. <clears throat> Today we were uh, I was we were trying to 
set our this class in the meditation hall, but because of some technical difficulties that could not happen, otherwise uh, we would have shown the meditation hall. Uh, most likely for the International Kriya Yoga Seminar, uh, we will do that. So today <clears throat> we have a um, we have an interesting topic, which most of us know what it is. It is called Dukkha. Dukkha means sorrows, misery, sufferings, afflictions, whichever way we call it. Every one of us know what it is, so it doesn't need any definition. Especially this year has been a very turning point in humanity. We have seen the suffering, we are seeing the suffering. Only yesterday I came to know that a very dear uh, disciple of, Yoga, of Chicago Ashram, her whole family has been affected and they're well, they're healthy. So God willing, they will recover soon. So we know what, we have experienced what misery is, suffering is. Today we are discussing from a philosophical perspective, from scriptural standpoint, where does it come from? Yes, it is there. Does it have an origin? What is the reason behind it? Can it be eliminated? Is there a way to get past it? So these are the questions that today we'll discuss. Again, <clears throat> these are scriptural ideas. So I will try my best to uh, uh, put it out in, in a simpler way as best as possible from my side. But I would like to request you to go to the original scripture, read it yourself and contemplate it. In a simpler way, if we say what is Dukkha, we can define it in this way. We can say that anything Anything that takes us away from balance, from contentment, from peace, from steadiness, from quietness, we can call it as Dukkha. So in a simpler way, we can define Sukha or happiness is contentment, peacefulness, balance. And Dukkha is anything opposite to that. This is a simpler way we can look at. Lahiri Baba says a, gives a little more um, inner definition. You can say esoteric definition. What does Baba say? He says, Sukha is calm means space. Sukha means anything that is closer to space. Dukkha means anything that is distance from space. Now here space does not mean the space around us. It is an inner journey. In the inner journey we know there are seven spinal centers. Throat center is space. Heart center is air. Navel center is um, fire. Second center is water. Bottom center is earth. 
So if we are closer to throat center or a verb, then Baba says that you are in peace. If you are throat center and below, you are in misery. So this is a yogic definition Baba has given. Sri Gurudev says that if you constantly strive to be on the top of your head, on the forehead, on the, on the, in the fontanel, then eventually peace will come. So from the yogic definition, if we see, then Sukha is to remain aware of throat center and above, which means soul center, fontanel. Dukkha means anything that is below. The throat center below is Dukkha. This is a um, simpler yogic definition, practice point of definition that we can keep in mind in our discussion. So few of the questions that I have wrote, written down and that we can ask ourselves. One is, is suffering avoidable? Is this something that we can get rid of? Second, what is the cause of misery? What is the cause of sorrow? Third, can it be eliminated? Fourth, what are the steps an individual can take to eliminate it? So these are four fundamental questions in the scripture has been asked. Any seeker, if we ask ourselves, the reason we, we take a spiritual path because we have an objective and that objective must not take us to a more painful point than where we are today. So if today I'm in difficulties, whether it is anxiety, physical pain, mental pain, psychological pain, or spiritual anxieties, which means that I would like to know about who I am, whichever way it is, I should take a path that would take me forward in such a way that eventually I should be away from this anxiety. Nobody takes a path to go from one difficult problem to another more difficult problem. So these are the four questions. Again, what are those four questions? Is suffering avoidable? What is the cause of the suffering? Can suffering be eliminated? And what is the path? to take so that the suffering can end. <clears throat> Before that, the master has, in the, in the, uh, in the book, Aparjims of Yoga, so I'm referring to this book. He suggested how this suffering manifests. Like how do you know that we are suffering? It is very interesting because the master says that you even sometimes we even don't know that we are suffering. And they give an example of it. The example is that suppose um, a cobweb or a little tiny dust falls in the eyes, then we are in constant pain irritation. But that same dust, if it is falling on the hand, 
or any other part of the body on the skin, it doesn't bother us. So they say, the master says, that look, the reason why this little dust or cobweb gives irritation to eyes but does not irritate the skin, it is because the eye is very sensitive. Similarly, if the mind is purified, how it would be purified, we will come, come, come to that afterwards. If the mind is purified and the person is more in a state of purity, he would realize those things that we consider as happiness, he or she would consider as suffering. So happiness for me could be a suffering for you and suffering for you could be a happiness for me. But the seeker, uh, a, 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 a person who is mind is purified, for him or her, there is only one and only one happiness. And that is to remain in truth, to remain in God consciousness, which we call as Christ consciousness. Masters call it as to remain in love. So they call it love God, God's love in different terms. In yogic term, it means that if the awareness remains in the fontanel, then anything that deviates from that, anything that pulls us down would be considered as misery or unhappiness. So Lahiri Baba has given a very uh, uh, beautiful way to say, he said that, um, so it, that is Paravastha. Paravastha is after state of Kriya. He says, to remain in Paravastha is truth. Anything other than that is falsehood. So if we, if, if somebody is in the Paravastha, in the state of after Kriya or the state of um, balance, state of stability, then the person is in true state. Otherwise, he is in false state. Sri Gurudev, Hariyarananda Baba has said many times, he said it doesn't matter how advanced somebody is, unless somebody has attained a state where the person is remaining in the fontanel, then the person has not achieved, has not graduated in spirituality. So, how do we, how do we know, how do we know that we are suffering? So many times we do not know that we are suffering. So the masters have given some ways to look at things happening in our life and to see whether we are really suffering or we are in joy or happiness. So the first one they say, suffering from change. In Sanskrit, it is called Parinama Dukkha, that suffering from change. You see, uh, if we observe our life, to get something, um, let us say I would like to eat something. Suppose I would like to eat a piece of sweet. Because these days, eating sweet is no more a joy because it is bringing um, um, sugar issues. But suppose somebody would like to eat, eat a piece of sweet. Think about how many things must come together 
for a little eating sweet must uh, to eat the sweet this particular act can happen first the person must be available so second the sweet must be available third we must have ability to procure that sweet fourth there must i must have proper time to eat it fifth my body should allow to eat it so like that sixth the condition of the surrounding must be available for example if you have one sweet and there are 10 people you would not be able to eat it so to acquire something or to enjoy something several factors must come into place so we have a tendency and that is how uh, we are is that we seek to satisfy our needs or our restlessness through acquiring something so we think that if we acquire that restlessness would bring us peace so when it happens we get attracted to it we get attached and we would like sometime we would like to we would like to have it little more the sense organs are aware of this particular enjoyment because of that because of this particular enjoyment the mind has become modified so i did not know for example what pizza is 20 years ago now i know i have tested i like it hence i would like to have little more of it so when i see this particular food i have a desire that is coming within me to have it that desire was not there previously it is because only i tested it because only i enjoyed it that desire has become inherent within me now so the master says that this is actually suffering now we can we can argue we say does that mean that we will not have anything we will come to that but let us know this that a desire was not there 15 20 years ago but a desire is there now why it is because i experienced it in between so experiencing something can bring more desire to experience it again first or hatred for it so they have said that the hatred and liking there you can say one and the same on the opposite side of the same coin this is one kind of suffering the second suffering is when the sense organs like our test for example in this case tries to eat it again and again and again and again it loses its value it gets tired eventually the body would not be able to test it anymore for example you see that whatever we liked in the early phases of our life in our childhood we don't like it anymore because we like something else much better than that at the same time as we grow certain things would not be the body would not be able to take it anymore in the previously we talked about sweet suppose i like sweet and i continuously eat it again and again and again and again eventually i have a sugar problem or glucose problem 
or diabetes problem my body is no more ready to enjoy sweet it actually suffers because of the sweet so the enjoyment that was earlier has slowly become a suffering so the master say this suffering which sometimes is not known immediately which sometimes is pleasurable is actually a suffering so they call it suffering through change so parinama dukkha the second is misery through anxiety and this we can all relate to it is that if we have enjoyed something the mind would actually bring it up again and again and i will um, give you a personal example of it i was visiting a center and one mother gave me one uh, sri lankan food it is very simple made out of rice flour and coconut it was very simple very nice i liked it it was 2 years ago maybe one and a half year ago i remembered it and my mind has been prompting me that you should try it you should try it and you should try it so the master said that look if you did not because of you enjoyed one time your mind is trying to push you to have it again and when you try to have it what happens there is a possibility that you may not be able to get it you may not be able to do it they say that when you are not able to do it when you are not able to satisfy in the same way that you satisfied yourself earlier you will get angry anger will come uh, the obstacles uh, would bring more and more uh, suffering and uh, afflictions so they say that there are two kinds of suffering comes from this anxiety one the desire to do it again to get it again many people many of us i have also done it that we like one particular type of food and to have that food people would drive 25 miles 30 miles 50 miles to have that food now the master said that this is actually suffering so the first suffering is that the mind got altered the second one is that the mind is pushing to have this particular desire fulfilled again and if it is not fulfilled if there is if there are obstacles in the path then there is the mind gets upset this is the second of suffering the second is called anxiety tapa dukkha the third one which is actually the most important one i would say well the master sub said is called sanskara dukkha anything that we go through it remains in memory and if it is more pleasurable it remains in memory more prominently if it is less pleasurable then it remains little bit lightly because it remains in the memory it has the capability to come in the form of thoughts and pushes us can uh, prompt us to take actions now let us say that you you tried something you tried a, a specific type of food and you we have forgotten about it then there is no problem 
So memory is critical because any experience that we go through, it has some impression here and there. This something that we can see in our life that you will see that if you see somebody for the first time, sometimes we'll, we like that person. Even if we have not never met that person, we like that person. If we analyze, we'll see we like that person. If it is like an instant liking without knowing that person, then we can actually connect that we probably like that person because his or her face is similar to somebody I like or I like to remain with. And this is something all of us can experience that memory can actually bring happiness or unhappiness and can prompt us to go for something or not. Um, this few, few years ago, uh, I had experienced that I started smelling something very nice. And I immediately recognize it is grass, grass cutting. When we when we mow grass, there is a there is a there is there is a smell that comes. And this reminded me or in the villages of when we used to uh, 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 like people used to cut grass for uh, cow feed and things like that. You see how the memory is connecting one sequence, one smell, taking into one event and then connecting into another event through smell. The master says that this is suffering. Because why? Because it, 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 it imbalanced my mind. It created, an, created a flutter in the mind. It created a thought process in the mind. This is the third dukkha or sorotra impression. Sansara dukkha. Sanskara dukkha. The fourth one, which is has two parts, the first one is the inner conflict. All of us go through certain kind of inner conflict. We want to do something, then part of us said, no, it's not good. Or part of us said that it is good, and then part of us said that it, uh, one part said good, one part said not good. So we get into that inner confusion. We become indecisive. And many of us know that it is not a very good thing to remain with. This the master has said as a suffering. So inner conflict is actually suffering. But please note, that does not mean that it is not helpful. You know, if inner conflict would not have been there, there would not be growth. So inner conflict might be good for our progress, but it's nevertheless a suffering. Uh, in the fourth part, the second aspect is, it's called Guna, Guna Virodha Dukkha. It is a very subtle one, so I would just mention it. Uh, very difficult to explain is that the mind has three qualities, Sattvic, Rajasic and Tamasic. Peacefulness, Rajasic means movement, Tamasic means inertia. So the master says that if the mind is moving along these three regularly, frequently, then it's not good. It is also suffering. This is a little bit difficult to um, fathom or analyze. So I I we would leave it like that. This, these are the four 
ways we can identify the suffering. So the masters have given us tools. They say, look, if you think that everything is well and good, please consider looking at it and see whether the mind is getting changed, whether afflictions and anxiety is bringing trouble to you, whether memory is bringing trouble to you, whether there is inner conflict, and whether the mind is constantly moving between peacefulness, restlessness, inertia. If all these are true, then very well know that you are going through difficulties. That means your difficulties are not over. So the spiritual practice must continue. Is uh, misery unavoidable? So the master say that dukkha is, it's not that it is unavoidable, it is avoidable. The past sorrows has nothing to do with us, it is gone. The present sorrows, part of it we must go through. There is not much we can do about it. However, they say very clearly that future sorrows are avoidable. Now, this is a statement that brings everything into place. Because if future sorrows are not avoidable, then there is nothing to do. So many times we go to a doctor. Suppose I have a dental pain and I go to a doctor. If the doctor says to me that, look, this is how it is. There is nothing can be done about it. Then it will disappoint us. Then we, then we remain in the suffering. In the philosophical standpoint, spiritual standpoint, the masters have very clearly said, Heyam dukkam anagatam. Those sorrows that have not, that those sorrows which have not been fructified, which is in the future, can be avoidable, which means that we don't have to go through sorrows eternally. Then they say that what is the cause of this suffering? They say the cause of this suffering is because that there is a there is an identification issue. That means you referring to us, they say you are identifying with something you are not. So very simple that I am identifying. I am suffering because my computer is having trouble because I have somewhere identified myself with the computer. Similarly, I have identified with the body and I have identified with the mind. They say that the consciousness or awareness, <coughs> excuse me, has identified with nature. This misidentification or wrong identification is the reason of the suffering. Now the question is, now that I know that sorrow is unavoidable, I, I know at least intellectually that the uh, misidentification or wrong identification is the cause. What is the remedy? They said the remedy is this wrong identification must be completely separated. That means an, an understanding must come that I am awareness 
and what I see, what I perceive is nature. So the difference between the nature and awareness or purusha or chaitanya or consciousness must be clear. So unless this clarity comes, the master said that the suffering is not going to end. Then the question is, what is the path? They say, pure discrimination is the path. So in, in Sanskrit it is said, Samyak darsanam hanam upayaha. Samyak darsanam means discriminative power where I see everything clearly, I perceive everything clearly is the only path, is the path. So, and yoga is a method the masters have given through which mind can be purified only in the purified mind or the purified intellect samyak darshanam or this clarity that I am awareness and what I perceive is the world which is constantly changing. This is only possible in pure mind or pure intellect. So in our practice, we are constantly trying to purify the mind through different methods, through breath watching, through pranayama, through mahamudra, through bow technique, through uh, contemplation, through love, through compassion, through charity, through rituals, through discussions like this, through meditation, remaining in the fontanel. All these are different methods the masters have given to purify the mind. So, in a not cell, only if we purify the mind, then only discriminative knowledge can remain in the mind or in the intellect. Only when discriminative knowledge remain in the intellect, we can see the difference between consciousness and the world. Only when those differences are clear, then suffering would come to, come to an end. Otherwise, it is not. So, I hope that I was able to present this idea uh, in a general sense to you. I would request you uh, that if you would like to uh, read a little bit more deeper and know a little bit about it, you can go to the Yoga Sutra Patanjali book. The sutras are 2.15 to 2.15. Two zero, I believe. 2.15 to 2.23, no, 2.6. So please take a look at it and read it. And uh, there is Baba's Yoga Sutra classes. Uh, you can listen to this part. Uh, this is coming around uh, Sutra, uh, the class number <coughs> 88, I think, 86, 87. Um, so this book is available in our website, Ashram website. Um, you can procure this or you can go to learn.crea.org and listen to the classes, which is 86, 87 coming around that. 
So I hope um, we will do a little bit, little bit meditation. But in the meditation, let us contemplate this. And if you have any questions, um, write, uh, and then we can discuss. Or you can write uh, to Chicago Ashram's email, which I can avail, and I can try to respond as best as possible. With that, I would like you to close your. I would like to request you to close your eyes. And we ask ourselves, everything is changing. The world outside is changing. Body is changing. Mind is changing. And I know that. I am witnessing all those. Yat drishya tat nashya. Whatever we see, it's constantly changing. The master says, Do not engage. Do not remain in this change. Remain in changeless. Where is that changeless? Where is that eternal steadiness, contentment? The master says, within, in you, I am part of that eternal changeless. I will remain aware of my own nature. Sri Gurudev says, when you remain in the fontanel, you are in your own nature. I am, I am conscious, I am aware. I am in bliss. Because I am not changing. I am Sat. I am Chit. I am Ananda. To remain in the fontanel.
to be to remain if there is difficulty watch the breath remaining in the front tunnel for some time again stay in the front tunnel be completely oblivious to the mind may we all realize the truth of our own self may there be no suffering within around or in anyone's life may there be peace in everyone's life May the blessings of God and Gurus guide us, protect us in each and every step. Om Shanti. Om Shanti. Om Shanti. May there be peace within, around, and everywhere. Om Tat Sato. 
I bow to you all. May the blessings of God and Guru be upon us all. Om Tat Satu.